Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Vista Property Report. Uh, check it out. The way you look at properties and sites has just changed. Visit Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Save 25% with promo code CRE Show. Uses cell phone technology or smartphone technology to do your research, do check it out. Well, our show is related to that today. We're talking about retail and retail real estate. And I don't care what part of real estate or the business world you're in, we're all curious and concerned about retail. What's going on? What's going to happen next? What is the real story? And uh, being on LinkedIn the other day, I found the retail doctor. It's Bob Phibbs, and he's joining us today to talk about retail. Bob, thanks for being with us. Thanks for inviting me. Well, Bob, I'd love to uh, listen to you, and I know you do that on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. You've been in retail a long time, uh, and obviously, uh, we're in a, in a recession. People, a lot of people are at home. They're not out shopping. Retailers are trying to open up. People are concerned. Um, but how are retail sales really doing? We've had some good news, right? Well, June sales were up 7.5%, but the story that everyone wants to tell you is that everyone's online, no one will ever come and go into a brick and mortar store again, they don't have money, they don't have interest in luxury, there'll be no Black Friday, and we're all getting coal for Christmas. Well, I don't <laughs> believe that, my friend. At the end of the day, if you are in the RV market, if you're in the spa business, if you are in the pool business, if you are in the mobile electronics, if you are in uh, electronics in general, if you are in uh, garden centers, anything that we can escape or do more in our homes, furniture, stores, et cetera, you're eating it up. They are reporting increases, but you're not hearing that because the narrative is all based on malls are dying, no one's ever gonna go to a, a store again, and no one's buying clothes anymore. Well, that's just silly. Well, if it leads, it bleeds, right? So why are we hearing all this? Uh, well, let's go back. Part of the reason you're gonna hear online is eating everybody's lunch is because who has a vested interest in it? All those smartphones that are in everybody's hand, they're gonna get a piece of that online shopping. All those credit card co companies, all of those ways to process contactless payment are gonna get a piece of it. All those direct-to-consumer brands who aren't making anything online are gonna try to pick up business. So that narrative has to keep going and led by the granddaddy of all, which is Amazon, who has, I think, about uh, a thousand people just on PR. Wow. So make no mistake, um, the idea, don't get me wrong, brick and mortar retail has challenges. There are, we have digital imperatives to uh, connect some dots, but make no mistake, this idea that we're all going to go online and we're going to get in our cars and drive down and wait at the mall while it's raining or snowing at the holidays is going to reduce sales. No, retail is a mass market uh, machine and it needs bodies for it to function. And we are going to find our way through that. And yeah, it is going to be a little rocky with, with what's going on with COVID. But the weak retailers are who's going out. They're making way for new digital natives to open brick and mortar stores. And um, the fallacy of thinking that all the department stores are going to be out, no one's going to buy luxury. I think it's just wrong, Michael. Yeah. Well, you know, there's certainly a lot of, of um, things going on with retail and lots of some good locations available for retailers looking for, for the right locations. And, and Bob, some people are still concerned 
uh, or most people, a lot of people are real concerned still about COVID. Um, what do you think about a lot of these major retailers now requiring masks? Uh, good idea. You like it? Great idea. Why, you know, with lack of leadership at the top, it makes it everybody, we're in the Wild West. Masks should never have been weaponized. Masks should never have been something for somebody to raise funds against. The reality is I live in New York. New York went through a crappy first three months. There's no two ways. I, I call it the great forgetting because my mom died. I got married. All sorts of things happened. I don't even remember them. I have to focus my head and mind. oh, yeah, that happened. Wow. But I'll tell you one thing, we still wear masks, and it's four months later, there was never a question because 30,000 people died in the greatest city in the world. And we took it seriously from the beginning, and say what you will about Cuomo, left or right, the reality is we pretty much did the right thing. So um, the fact that all the national brands are coming out, well, most of them are coming out and realizing that it's about your employees they're the ones that are most exposed. Mm -hmm. And if they come in contact with all these other people that don't care, eventually that's gonna get in the face of their employees. They're gonna take it home to their loved ones. That's what we're talking about here. They wear a mask for you as well as for their own family that they could be bringing stuff back to. So yeah, yeah I'm, I, I like it too. I, I, um, I was in a store a few weeks ago with people not wearing masks and I, I was very uncomfortable uh, with those people looking at them, but uh, uh, the stats are just staggering. Podium just released a, a uh, report, and something like fifty-six percent of customers will leave businesses that do not be, are not perceived as pandemic friendly. Fifty-three percent of people have found new businesses based on their public show of COVID, and eighty-six percent of people have been open to new business, new retail businesses during this time because they're more local to their markets. So there's a lot of op optimism out there if you're willing to realize that's obviously what customers are responding to right now, not another 20% off friends and family sale. Yeah. Well, if you own properties or you're a retailer or uh, you're someone that helps in the industry, uh, you really want to know what retailers are doing it right. Bob, what are some examples of things that are being done correctly right now? Uh, I think that, um, you know, anyone that has got a very visible uh, system, I think certainly Walmart has certainly been able to do it well. I think the retailers that have looked at their contactless payment systems like Lululemon, some others, I think uh, several beauty brands have been able to move into social media more heavily uh, to be able to drive sales. But they all realize that even if you know, they had to reclose or if they're not operating full capacity, the heart of the brand is the store. It is the hub that everything moves out from. So uh, I think that I've seen independents who've gone through and made videos they put on their uh, websites that show, hey, things are going to be different when you come to our store and we're going to be doing this, this and this. And they actually spent the time to take you in and show how it's going to feel a little different but we're still us. I can think of, uh, I think it's uh, Three Rivers Music in Cincinnati. They did one and they showed that they had giving, we were giving lessons with plexiglass between the instructor and the learner. 
I think uh, people showing how they have sanitized uh, items is good, but also the the innovations like uh, you know Scotch and soda is letting you because it can have minimal amount of people in the store, you can make an appointment to have a personal shopper. Or you look at a brand like Hammett Handbags, whose store in South Coast Plaza has been shut down uh, again, and how they're doing. They've grown their direct to consumer brand because they're doing video remote selling, so that people are actually selling their merchandise from the store in a new way. And um, I know even like uh, my salesperson, Kathy uh, Udell up at Wilkes-Bashford in uh, San Francisco, she talks about doing virtual closet makeovers. In, uh, she goes to work at nine in the morning and works till nine or 10 at night. She can be more free. So a lot of people are finding the, the opportunity uh, in the middle of this crisis. And I would hope that all of you realize that, that are in, commercial real estate or retail. Retail works because of customers' innate desire to know what's new. That's why they go out. They go out to a brick and mortar store to discover. They go online to buy. They go to a brick and mortar store to discover. And that's the beauty of it. If I was looking for a car seat and I'm online and I see, uh, I don't know, a green pair of uh, golf pants, I might go, what the hell is that doing in the middle of my search? But if I was in a department store and I saw it, I very easily might get that and I might end up getting a pair of shoes and other things. We minimize the role of brick and mortar because we're being sold a bill of goods that we're all gonna be online and nobody's doing brick and mortar. And I'm just telling you that's, that's not the power of retail. The power of retail is in discovery. That's what the great brands understand. Apple certainly has done it for a while, but um, an awful lot of other ones are catching up pretty quickly. Yeah. And it sounds like you're partially describing what I really picked up from watching uh, you on Facebook or LinkedIn Live. And that is, you know, making sure your frontline people that are helping the customers really show appreciation um, and interact and, and, and really show the customers they appreciate it, them, you being there. Now, I want to ask you on the landlord side to think about this, Bob. You know, what can, can property owners, managers, landlords, what might they think about to help retailers uh, get back on their feet and do well? Can I make a bold statement here, my friend? Please. Why the hell hasn't an REIT or a mall come up with a brand standard for your damn mall? Why does it still crappy service when I go to most of your properties? Because... We don't have that. We might have a merchant's council. It's up to the brands to determine it. Why is it up to you to determine it? Why don't you do, obviously I'm a sales trainer, so for, you know I have an online trainer program called SalesRx where we teach them how to engage a stranger, discover the shopper, and make the sale. But if you just made them all better business people, if you understood that it's about making someone else's day, if you understood it was about people who feel they matter buy more, you would unlock riches that people would drive past your competitors to do. But the A-malls have spent all of their money doing all kinds of fancy new lighting and digital signage and touting themselves they have an app when you're missing the target. Everyone else tells you it's because poor you, you suck. No one wants to go there. No, you have it ramped up and put on your big boy pants and say, we're going to create an exceptional experience from the moment somebody uses our valet to somebody who goes through and comes in contact with our janitorial services or someone goes into one of our luxury brands it's going to be different here and until you take that you're going to be suffering and you're going to be telling me oh but bob we can't and you know what you win the argument 
And by the way, Michael, I got the highest increase at South Coast Plaza, the number one mall in the world. And when they came down to give me the award, it's like, what the hell are you doing down here? And I said, it doesn't matter what you sell. You just better be focused and commit to doing it better than the other guy. So if you're listening to this and you guys are all sitting around, how are we going to survive? And reading about how, you know, malls are buying up all these distressed retailers, then make them better retailers. But don't go through and try to kid us that because you kept them open. I was reading uh, recently a report that a department store that runs on 46 is now running on 16. How, how does that even make sense? But because we're in a lack mentality, you know, we got to get people. through this, that suddenly we can't do it. And you know, the guy who says they can and the guy who says they can't, they're both right. You mean 46 so, down to 16 people? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, where's the customer uh, experience there? Oh, and they're also having to pick online orders. Oh, and by the way, they also have to clean everything. Oh, and by the way, we're expecting to do all that for $10 an hour and be grateful. <laughs> you know, the, the point that I say often, Michael, is we are in a renaissance of retail. The smart ones are going to get it. We're going to realize that merchants matter, not just people who can put stuff on promotion, and that the person at the front line, the person can actually engage somebody with an open heart, is going to be worth their money in gold because they're going to take a jaded population who's been sequestered and zoomed out of their mind into a new world, and they're going to experience what it feels like to be more human in an increasingly technological world. Bob, do some of these retailers have too much space? Totally. No two ways about it. You know, Gap stores were built when they kicked out Levi's, and they only got shipments a couple times a month, so they had to have all that, that space to carry all those jeans, right? Well, now with just-in-time inventory, you don't need all that space. And frankly, the future probably is going to be smaller boutique retailers, but malls can reinvent themselves instead of taking whoever, you know, can pay a month-to-month -month cheap rent and, and not change anything about it. You know, it's enough now that somebody can open, you know, look at where craft beers have gone, that it's enough to just have that one for your local area and have that one in your mall because part of the problem with all of the malls in the 90s and 2000s is it just became beige. Everybody bought the same damn brands to the market. The same ones got gobbled up by like Essentia just went out uh, bankrupt from having bought all the similar type of retailers and just made it so that there was nothing compelling to go to your mall about. Well, the opportunity now is you can go through and find smaller ones and nurture them and work together with them. I would certainly rather have that, somebody who's hopeful, who said, I found a better way and I'm looking forward to it, than to settle for the crumbs. You can have the whole feast, but you've got to be willing to do it. And that's not just the A malls, that's those B and, and C malls as well, as well as strip centers. I mean, ultimately, if you don't make it more compelling, people are going to sit home and say, you know what? I can watch Netflix and surf Amazon and who, who ends up losing? We do, because one in four jobs in America is pegged to retail. We better all hope retail finds our way through it. Bob, if a retailer finds they maybe they have a little more space than they really need, what can they do in that space in the meantime to create that experience to bring in customers? Uh, well, I was, I was thinking about 
that let's say you're a photography store and you don't need as much as you would have once had. Well, why not set up an in-person studio that you can rent out that people could do their social media for, or you're showing new ways to use their product. If it's an apparel store, you could have a live feed where you're actually showing uh, makeovers of somebody bringing in random five items and how you're going to make it into a, uh, almost making it yourself a content producer from the store. Um, what about having, you know, I don't know why, um, what was it, Project Runway, and I think uh, they bought it to Amazon, uh, some version of it, but, but why aren't more stores looking at, at the popularity of taking one thing and making it into another? Why aren't we going through and saying, how do I bring energy and drama to it if I don't need all this space? How can I add into it? You know, Urban Outfitters showed the new way to merchandise. Certainly, Anthropology has, has done a great job. But um, ultimately, a more curated assortment is probably more profitable anyway. So in the short term, even if you were um, somehow cutting off the back of the store in some ways to be able to fulfill online, that may be a, a better one. But I've seen big stores who have had, you know, they may get as much from China, so they've cut everything down and just tried to spread it out more. And that suddenly feels like you're going out of business. So you better have a you have something to replace it. It's a good question. Yeah. Well, Bob, what would you leave our audience with to think about retail, real estate, and, and retail moving forward? Here we are at the last week of uh, uh, July about to start here. The conversations should be about what it's going to look like in six months and a year in a positive atmosphere. Conversation is you have to believe it first. And it better be 100%. You better be committed to it. You know, the example that uh, I use is that old one of, you know, there's a castle on fire and it's ringed by alligators that are in toxic waste. And if you get a bite, you'll die immediately, right? And it's all on fire. And the king says, I need you to go in there. There's a $10 bill on a bed. I need you to rescue it. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But what if it was one of your family members? What if it was someone near and dear to you? You would do anything. Unless you're that passionate about it, like I am about retail, unless you're that passionate about it, you're going to say it's the $10 bill. What? There's nothing I could do. And ultimately, your team doesn't rally around it. So come up with a compelling vision of what your company can do, what it should do, and then make sure that your leadership is saying, we're going to do this and get buy-in. But until that happens, you're going to find excuses why we can't. Yeah, we can't. You know, it's tough. It's tough for retail all over. But the smart ones have all figured it out. And I, just an example, you know, in Montana, there was a, I, I don't know, it was CNN or somebody when the shutdown started and this restaurant was closed down. This guy was just angry and damn it. And, you know, government is nasty. And up two or three miles was a, two brothers at a, some kind of a barbecue diner. And they ripped the guts out of the dining section. They bought it outside, started drive through the next day. And they exceeded it by three times as much as they normally would. So where's the opportunity for you if you're listening to this right now? If you're stuck in that mindset of I can't do it, maybe I should have a conversation with you because retail exists on providing hope. Hopeful people are who goes and shops. And if your management system doesn't allow for hope and you're the realists, then I think you're going to have a really tough next year. Yeah, well said. I think there's a lot of complacency out there uh, with some of these retailers and maybe some businesses in general. Bob, great information. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thanks for including me. I appreciate it, Michael. All right. And if you like more uh, from Bob, we'll put his uh, link to his uh, website and his LinkedIn and things at our show website, CRE Show. 
www.thepowerofthenetwork.com. Well, stay tuned. We're going to give you a resource to really help with your site selection and also with your investment decisions. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Site selection, marketing, and property due diligence has just changed. Check out Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. That's Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Use promo code CRE Show. You will love this product. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull, where we've been talking about retail properties. And one of the great things I think about commercial real estate today is really the, the data, the technology that's out there and how if we have the right technology and we know how to use it, we can make really good real estate decisions. Please welcome my next guest. It's Jason Ayers. He's with Uber Media and he's joining us on Zoom. Uh, Jason, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. You know, Jason, it seems like everybody uh, that I know uh, has a smartphone and maybe they have several smart devices on them. And, you know, in commercial real estate, we, we try to track, you know, traffic and cars and and things, but what we're really interested in really is the people, right? And, and how are these people moving around? Uh, you guys have a product called Vista Property Report. And, and if you're listening to this show or watching it, this is, this is pretty incredible. They use smartphone technology that tracks where these, these phones go. And you can really figure out who is where, where the traffic is, what time of day, how it's trending. You can compare. Uh, one site to another site. Um, tell us a, a little bit, Jason, about you know how long you've been uh, uh, working with this technology. Sure. Yeah. So I've been with Uber Media for ten years. So pretty much since the company's founding, and we've basically mastered the art and the science of uh, collecting smartphone location data, cleaning that data for accuracy, which is very important, and then turning all of that data into some useful products. Um, for businesses to use for making decisions, uh, advertising, marketing. Um, as it relates to the Vista Property Report, what we've tried to do is make a self-service product where you don't need a bunch of research analysts or data scientists to comb through all this data to make it interesting and useful. We've created a collection of reports uh, specifically for the commercial real estate industry that we think help landlords uh, market their properties better, uh, they help tenants understand whether or not a property is going to be a good fit for them. They could help landlords and brokers uh, understand foot traffic uh, at specific retail locations. And when we say data, Michael, we're talking a lot of data. Uh, we see about 225 million unique devices in the U.S. every month. And on <laughs> average, yeah, on average, we see each of those devices about 500 times a month. 
So the scale at which we're operating um, to, to create these products is, is pretty large. That's amazing. So let's go through a couple of examples that, that I'm thinking about for the commercial real estate industry and see if, if this could, could work with, your, with the Vista property report. So let's say I'm looking at a single tenant net lease investment property or any property with tenants in it, and I don't have sales numbers on these tenants, but I really want to get an idea of how well this store might be doing and you know, compare it to, to other stores so I know what's the chances that they might renew uh, or if they're trying to renegotiate the lease with me, I know how, how, how strong the, the traffic is there. Can your system handle that? Yeah, it's, we've actually got a specific report to help you understand that as a, as a property owner or even as a tenant who wanted to compare themselves against you know, a competitor, for instance. But um, all of that data is in the system. It's readily available. I will mention that you can't track individuals um, using this data, but gathering foot traffic numbers and foot traffic trends over time is, is a really powerful use of, uh, of this data. Imagine it's comparative to having someone sit outside the location with a clipboard, right? Because you can walk into any Starbucks and everybody's staring at their phone uh, mm -hmm. nearly 100% exactly. of the time. Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, a lot of times you're buying a, a property and you're trying to get an idea of how well the tenant's doing because if the tenant's doing well, it's a good property, right? If the tenant's not doing well, uh, watch out, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then also, uh, I guess you could look at a, a, one of their stores and track the smartphone traffic there. And then if they had another store, another Starbucks, since I'm using that as an example, um, and we know that store is doing well, I guess you could pull two reports and compare them? Sure, absolutely. And I guess also if you were Mark, so you're a landlord and you're marketing or, or you're, you're selling a site and you want the tenant to look at it, I guess could you, could you pull the traffic, the smartphone traffic around a property or a site uh, and compare it to one of their stores that's doing well? That's right. It'd be a great resource for uh, adding to a listing presentation or to a listing packet, you know, being able to provide potential tenants um, data, real world data about the type of foot traffic that a specific location or a specific shopping center is drawing. Um, and you could even use it to also understand what type of tenants would be a good fit for that property so that you're finding the best possible tenants and not, you know, just renting to anyone. And let's talk about that for a minute because that's really interesting. So we, we don't know whose cell phone that is, but uh, you can actually understand something about the demographics of that cell phone uh, users that are there. Right, yeah. So as part of the Vista Property Report, there's, there are two reports embedded in the, the, the global product that one will track the common evening location of all the devices we see at a specific location. So we see all these devices at this location, where do we see them commonly in the evening? That's very likely their home location. We can overlay that with uh, census data uh, and pull some very um, you know, well-used demographic information. We can also layer over common daytime location. So where are the devices working throughout the landscape during the day that frequently visit this property? Um, and this sorts of data can also lead to some interesting consumer profiles of a given location. So, you know, because we're seeing them at this particular location, where else do we see them out in the real world? You know, are they fitness oriented? Are they elderly oriented? Are they, do they live in a high income neighborhood? Um, so you can really start to develop a true 
a trade area map and a consumer profile specific to that location or that shopping center. That's excellent. And so if it was a large uh, mixed-use development or it's a, a city area and I'm a tenant or a landlord rep or tenant rep and I'm looking at a particular space, I can really go inside this property and look at that smartphone traffic kind of within the property as well? Right. Yep. You could see within, you know, let's take a, uh, an outdoor mall area. You can, you can monitor the ingress and egress choke points of where we're seeing, you know, devices concentrate. Um, you could see within, uh, within three feet of accuracy um, where we've observed those devices. Because again, we're only using the data that comes from the GPS chip on the phone. We're not doing some fancy, you know, triangulation or cell phone tower uh, algorithms. It's the same GPS chip that Google Maps is using. Um, that's the only piece of data that we're collecting off of that device. God, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. Well, I have to ask you a favor. <laughs> so if, could you give some sort of discount for this product uh, for, for our show listeners and uh, viewers? Yeah, no problem. We've actually set up a coupon code on vistapropertyreport.com. Uh, it's CRE show. You put in that code, you're going to save 25% for a full year, um, which, you know, depending upon the package you pick could be a savings above, of up to 1800 bucks. Right. And can the, can the listeners look at a, a sample or, or get a sample report? Absolutely. We can give you a link to put one in the show notes if you'd like. Um, but you can also go to vistapropertyreport.com and get a free trial um, still using that code. And then later on when you sign up, uh, you know, that discount would be applied. You don't have to put a credit card in, you don't have to, you know, do a bunch of hoops to sign up for this, for this free trial. You get 10 free reports, go in, run some stuff, compare it, see if it's a good fit for you. Um, and let us know if you have any questions. Wow. Jason, I love it. I really love it. Well, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening around the world, around the country. Let us know what you think. Um, try the product, get, check a sample. Let me know what you think. I think there's so many uses for this. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. I'm pretty excited about it. I just love all the technology we have today to help us make really good uh, decisions. So until our next show, I hope you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's commercial real estate show. the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Incredible analysis using smartphone technology. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.